On today's show, Houston Rockets 2024 New Year's resolutions. How would you like to see this Houston Rockets team improve going into the new year? Can we get Jalen Green back to his usual self offensively? What roster improvements does this team need to be competitive over the course of the rest of this season? And so much more. It's all coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. Throw it up to Jalen Green. Shingun here in the short row. Oh, my, that's the no look. Jabari for three and the win. Yeah! Look at Tarisen. Here comes Tarisen. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. The Houston Rockets select Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore. One thing I have never done is not made the playoffs, and so we want to take that step here as well. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, including YouTube. Now, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more with FanDuel. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And as always, thank you so much for making Locked On Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on your way to work, on your lunch break, in the gym, while you're watching New Year's fireworks. Thank you so much for making the show part of your day and being an everydayer every single day. Joining us now is none other than your weekly co-host, NBA draft enthusiast and diehard Rockets fan, Madison Amore. You could track down on Twitter at MadmanLeaks here so that we can collaborate and share our Rockets New Year's resolutions as we roll into the the. I guess I, I was going to say the back half of this season, but just this next year, 2024, mm-hmm. 2023 coming to a close. And, you know, Madison, you know, I, I do think that with where this team is at, I know they're riding a current, you know, losing streak, but I still think you have to look at this team. They're, they're ahead of schedule based on kind of where we thought this team would be at at this point in the season. And so what better time than to look up and down this roster, look at some of these players, maybe the coaching staff, just, you know, the themes going on with this team and try to decide, you know, what are some improvements? What are some resolutions? we would like to see this team be able to tackle going into the new year. And I think a good place to start is probably Jalen Green, who's been the most polarizing figure amongst Rockets fans this entire season. I know over this weekend, there's been a lot of uh, discourse, a lot of debate, a lot of uh, discussion surrounding the final play of that Rockets Sixers loss. Um, I'll have I have my thoughts already on it in our recap episode. But Madison, let's let's tackle this with Jalen Green, kind of because I think that you know for him, you know if we're gonna if we're gonna paint this as a resolution, right? It's I, I'd like to see Jalen Green get back to himself, and I do yeah. think that 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 Sixers game was a step in the right direction of him getting back to himself, getting back to the version of Jalen Green that he needs to be for this team to experience consistent success this season. 
Yeah, I think uh, it's very important that Jalen Green begin begins to build on his uh, recent success that he's had, uh, especially last game. I think the most impressive part about last game for Jalen Green was not just him, his hot shooting from behind the arc, but the level of rim pressure and finishing through contact he displayed uh, last night. Um, I've talked a lot about Jalen's shooting his the way he is a streaky shooter um is common for young players young a lot of young players uh commonly um have to work through their their shooting stroke and actually it takes year three four and five before they become consistent shooters but the reason his efficiency is so bad is his finishing at the rim and his uh consistent rim pressure and aggressiveness in getting to the rim we've seen a a, a a reduction in his uh, free, th- uh, free throw line rate. And I think for Jalen to be more consistent this year, he has to be relentless in going to the basket and strong at finishing at the rim like he was um, in the previous game. And so my New Year's resolution and uh, specific thing is not just for his overall um, play to be better or shooting to be better, but for him to continue to be aggressive at getting to the rim and making plays, not just uh, finishing effectively, but also making making plays like Jalen did last year. I mean, last game, which he made a lot of really impressive passes as well at getting downhill. One one in particular to the to Shingun where he drew two defenders and dropped it off to Shingun. Oh, oh just, that like, was it, just it was just before the five it was just before yes. or right around five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Drew the two defenders and had that like mm-hmm. over the shoulder pass. I'm so yeah. like that, that pass was, th- th- those those types of plays, right, where Jalen knows or, or utilizes right his gravity as a scorer. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, is so much of Jalen's game is doesn't have to be, oh, he's not putting the ball in the basket, right? There's, I think we went through this, this last two or three weeks or so has been really rough for Jalen. So much so to the point that his confidence was shot, right? Like it, it and, and mm-hmm. he wasn't playing like himself. I think this past game against the Sixers, he finally looked like himself again to where he was confident in some of the moves that he was making. And that confidence led to that increased aggression, right, where he was able to finally start drawing that Mm -hmm. second or sometimes third defender whatever, collapsing a defense to then generate those opportunities for his teammates. Jalen doesn't have to put the ball in the bucket for him to have a good game. If he he is spreading the – Jalen can have a game where he scores only 10 points, but if he walks away – or if the team walks away with the dub because he has play after play after play where the defense is trying to shut him down and he's mm-hmm. making the right reads, then that is a successful game for Jalen Green. Case in point here, the final play of the game, which has been the topic amongst Rockets fans this entire weekend, right? Now, again, I I, did, I will say, and, and I, I echoed this sentiment already, but... I did think that Jalen, you know, had an opportunity to take a shot there the way that Eme drew it up, right? He wanted Jock Landale to get the screen. Jalen was supposed to be able to pull up for a quick three right there. He passed on that, which is fine because then what he ultimately did was actually arguably, I think, a better play by drawing that second defender and completely spreading out the Sixers defense. And then he made the right read and got the pass to Jock Landale in the middle of the floor. Jock Landale just completely sold in those final four seconds, right? Trying to attempt to lay up down three with no timeouts remaining. And he had Aaron Holiday wide open in the quarter. He also mm-hmm. had Jay Sean Tate wide open in the other corner. So it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, no, um, I think that play has been uh, the controversy of Twitter, especially with me and a, a lot of uh, Twitter people. Um, and 
Although I do think that is the correct play to make uh, in that scenario, right? I mean, not in in a game, right? A normal, the normal course of game at the five and ten minute mark. Um, for me, it was predictable that Londell would not make or will so, will was highly likely, let's say, to sell on that play, like mm. you said. <laughs> and that predictability in a winning situation in a in such a crucial point, I would have liked for Jalen not to leave it up to Londell to make the correct play. Right. Um and and instead with the with the level of shot making dis, uh display that Jalen had displayed all throughout this game and just two plays before where he hit an incredible three, you know, off balance three. We all know how, um, how incredible of a shot maker Jalen is when he's hot. Right. And so when Lindell first got that chip on the defender, I think Jalen should have understood that there probably wouldn't be a lot of windows or opportunities for him to get his shot off uh, uh, at after they recovered from the pick, right? And I think that I think the Sixers did play the play well, but there was a window opportunity for Jalen to get a shot up and a, a, a fairly decent shot. Wouldn't have been a terrible shot. Uh, it wouldn't have been a great shot, but it wouldn't have been a fairly decent shot, but a very makeable shot for Jalen. Um, and I think that is the type of shot that Damian Lillard Kobe Bryant, you know, those it's a, it's superstar a level, level players shot. It's a superstar yes. level shot, right? Mm-hmm. That's the shot that if you want, if if Jalen's going to be the star two guard that we want him to be for this Rockets team, that's the kind of shot he's going to have to be able to make, right? And mm-hmm. it, it's tough because I, I he had such a good game and Jalen is absolutely not the reason they lost that game. Oh, and no, no. and I, that's why I don't want to crucify him for that. I think he made the right play given what how the Sixers defended it. Sure, mm-hmm. it would have been nice to see him elevate, try to hit that shot. But then you have the whole argument of, OK, then the Sixers have more time back on the clock. They come back down. You have to get another defensive stuff. Yes. But that's not an argument at all because because you have to take that shot early in the clock that just in case Jalen misses it. You, we don't it, we don't. It's not a tight game. You yeah. see what I'm saying? You that's that, that is not how this goes. And that's why M.A. said in the, the press conference that we wanted an early shot, a shot early in the clock. So just in case he missed, I mean, regardless, we're going to have to play defense. You know, it's that's what we need to do after he, if, if he makes the shot. But more importantly, it's about. It's about taking that shot and living with the consequences, being okay with knowing that this is our best chance. This is our best chance right now because of the level of play that I'm playing right now and understanding that um, that is the the play that Jalen made is still a good play. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll just end it by saying this, you know, this is a learning situation from Jalen. He's been learning how to make plays and make that read all year. So he's got it embedded in his head that that that's the play. I need to make the right play. I need to survey. I need to do these things. But then when when scenarios change, we need Jalen to up his aggressiveness and be the star that we all want him to be. Absolutely. Couldn't couldn't have said it better myself. Coming up, we've got more Rockets New Year's resolutions we're going to get to. Uh, the next one we want to talk about. I need a little bit more patience with Rockets fans. I need, I need, <laughs> I, we need to be able to have an enjoyable level of discourse uh, amongst Rockets fans. Uh, plus, what are some of the biggest, you know, roster improvements that this that this team needs uh, to to be able to be competitive this season? Because there are some serious holes in this roster. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. 
The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place just a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose, and all you have to do is wager $5. It's that easy right now. You can take a look at the outright betting favorites for Super Bowl 58, the San Francisco 49ers at plus 240 to win it all. This season, the Baltimore Ravens at plus 500. Philadelphia Eagles plus 850. The Kansas City Chiefs also right there at 850. Same with the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins all at 850. So we got a four-way tie for that third place spot as far as the betting odds go. They've also got you for live game parlays. Find bets in the new Explore tab over on the FanDuel website. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and so much more available to you. So just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to make your first bet. Again, that's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And continuing on here at Locked On Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Navigating our Houston Rockets New Year's resolutions here. Happy New Year's to all. If you're watching the show, listening, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, watching along on YouTube. If you are watching along on YouTube, drop your Rockets New Year's resolutions in the YouTube comments. What are you hoping to see out of this team? What are you hoping to see change here in 2024. Now, Madison, this is a one that I, I've wanted to, you know, discuss kind of on the pod for a while now, but it really feels like, you know, this year in particular, even worse than previous seasons, it really feels like it's really tough to kind of discuss this team at times, right? Because yeah. I feel like, you know, I, I say, I say a good thing about Jalen Green and then people take it as I hate you know, Alper and Shingun or vice versa, mm-hmm. or, and, and it, it's, it's a little ridiculous to where we can't just sit here and have good faith, honest mm-hmm. basketball conversations about the team. Because as, as somebody who I look, I've, I have, there are no, it's, it's not hidden at all. I'm a Rockets fan. I'm a diehard Rockets fan. I'm from Houston. I bleed Rockets red. I just also have the ability to cover the team in a credentialed media capacity, right? And there are a few mm-hmm. of us like that, you know, Ben DuBose, Dave Hardesty, Clutch fans, right? There's a few of us that are, you know, Houstonians, you know, love the team, all that good stuff, um, but still are credentialed and can ask questions. And that's kind of a unique little blend that is is a little uncommon sometimes in sports media. But what really bothers me is just this, like, stand culture identity where, like, we can't just, we don't have, it feels like we don't have, like, exclusive, we don't have Rockets fans anymore, where people are putting the team <laughs> first, where instead they have individual driven agendas for a specific player right. or whatever, and that part really bothers me, where I just, I, so that's my, one of my resolutions, I, I want us to be able to get back to a place where we can discuss this team and discuss what's going on with this team without making it out to be, oh, you hate this player. Oh, you're mm-hmm. just on an agenda about this, that, or the other. It's like, no, I my my agenda, if anything, is I want to see this Rockets team be good. That's my agenda mm-hmm. above all else. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely agree. I mean, I think it comes down to this. Rockets fans have to have more respect for one another. You know, mm-hmm. the the way our discourse has evolved into this this combative nature, it's almost like we we see the, the worst in one another. We see that, oh, this person is always this or that for this player or bashing on that player. No, I think we should more so give the benefit of the doubt and go in in good faith when we have these conversations and talk and allow people to pra- praising one player does not mean the downfall of another. Right. You can give one player his, his flowers without 
thinking someone is, is saying something bad about another player and uh, allowing people to have their opinion and be honest and not getting too emotionally charged where we say we make another person feel like they're crazy for their opinion. You know what I mean? I think that is where these conversations start to go downhill. And I want people to understand is when you don't have respect for another person and their opinion, they'll, they won't hear anything you have to say. And if the whole point of us is to have these conversations so we can learn from each other, so we could, you know, have fun with one another with the game that we love. If the person ha- doesn't hear anything you have to say because you've lost respect for them or they lost respect for you, then what's the point of talking at all? Right. So I just think we should all take a step back and understand that we all love the Rockets. We we all love these players. We all want the best for them and the team. And you know, if I think we approach each other with good faith, I think these conversations won't turn into what they've been on Twitter and other places. Respect is a really good way to put it. Mm-hmm. I think that's that, that's a great way to kind of, you know, a- analyze the situation here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I fully agree, man, because, you know, at the end of the day, this is fun and, and talking, talking mm-hmm. ball, talking sports is fun because we all have these, you know, these diverse array of opinions, right? And, you know, I think mm-hmm. one thing, you think another thing. Sometimes we come on this pod and we disagree with mm-hmm. each other about, you know, X, Y, Z scenario or how the Rockets should have done this or how they should have done that. And, and that's part of the fun is you see the game one way I see the game one way and then you know person A, B, C, D, whatever sees the game completely differently and so we're able to come together and discuss and you know you'll share something I'm like oh I never thought of it from that perspective Mm -hmm. and then maybe that changes my opinion yeah and yes we learn and and here here, and above all else even even if you uh, maybe you sit there you do have the respect for that person whatever it's okay to disagree right you can Mm -hmm. agree to disagree you don't have it doesn't have to be a battle of oh you have to see it my way or I have to see it your way for us to come to and agree no it can just be you know i really believe it it to be this thing you think it's going to be something else and then we can just agree to disagree and then maybe down the line there will be some facts that lean one way or the other or whatever or maybe one of us will be proven wrong that's fine um but yeah so i i wanted to you know get that one off my chest here because it's just you know watching kind of i i haven't been as engaged in the online Rockets discussion space as of recently, only because I've just had so much personal stuff going on this last month or two. This season's been incredibly hectic, but I still see a lot of the discourse. I still see a lot of the conversations taking place, mm-hmm. and I want it to be a healthy community, right? I want Rockets fans to be able to, you know, talk about this team together and have fun doing it without being, you know, so outwardly combative towards towards one another. Um all right, so we got that resolution out of the way. Pete, you know, can, can, hold let me just before, sing peace, you know, all, all that. No, what's just, up? Just before we move on, I just want to say real quick, sure. I, you know, I've, I've recently been going through this discourse with the disagreement about uh, the, the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. And we just disagreed on whether we thought it was right or not, but it didn't turn into some uh, yeah. explosive thing. You didn't act like I was crazy for having that opinion. You know what I mean? And I, and I also didn't act like you were crazy. You know what I mean? So I just... We literally just did that. And I just wish more Rockets fans would like the whole agree to disagree. Me and James Piercy literally just did that on Twitter where I literally said, we're going to have to agree to disagree because of this particular point. And that's, and that's okay. There was so much more we learned by discussing the entirety of that play that, that, feeds our fandom of basketball so i just want to add that absolutely well get, go, go ahead madison lob us up another what, what give me one of your <laughs> yeah. new year's resolutions for this rockets team yeah so my next new year's resolution is to see cam whitmore get regular rotation minutes in the next 10 to 15 games so we can see it at least 
so we can see what he has to offer and so he can develop more on the defensive end. Agree to disagree, Madison. I want the rotation minutes now. I want them five games I the ago. Ne- like, like, right. I know you're saying <laughs> we, 10 to 15 games. Like, like I was losing it this, this game against mm-hmm. the Sixers. I'm like, how is he not crazy. getting minutes against this team, yeah. man? Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, no, it. Uh, I think that goes into a, a, another New Year's resolution about MA, but we'll, we'll just stick here. We want to see Cam Whitmore get a chance, especially with the lack of shooting on this team mm-hmm. right now. The lack of shooting on this team is a, is a real issue. And Cam just went three or four from three in a game before. And, and uh, you know what I mean? In real minutes uh, against the Pacers. We want to see Cam develop defensively. We we know he has some good things to offer and then he makes some, some rookie uh, mistakes. But a lot of that can be accredited to his lack of experience on the floor. So starting to scale his minutes up, give him 15, 20 minutes a game off the bench to see what he has to offer for this team. I think it can be really crucial for not just his development, but also the success of the team. Because if we have Cam Whitmore, if he is actually a quick learner and he's rowing in the right direction, he could be a really good asset in the last quarter of the season. Yeah, I, I'm you know I'm I'm torn on the cam thing because it's I want to see him play. I just mm-hmm. I, I kind of also understand you know Ime Odoka being between like a rock and a hard place here, and we kind of saw it in the early going of the season, right? Where the minutes that Ime is giving to Amin Thompson are not great minutes at times, right? Like a man is still learning and he's still understanding how to be effective out there on the floor. Now I will say where I think a man has an edge on cam right now is a man's just a better defender right now. Um, mm-hmm. He understands how to utilize his size, his athleticism defensively makes good defensive reads is good. Whether he's on ball pays attention off ball. Amin is just a, a world's better defender right now than Cam, even though offensively Cam probably takes the takes the edge there because Amin is just so raw offensively and still mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to be an effective point guard at the NBA mm-hmm. level. You'll see the flashes where he makes a read and it's like, okay, this is great. But then you also see like he's being played off ball a lot because that's just mm-hmm. kind of what the Rockets need where they, they don't want to necessarily take the ball out of, you know, Fred's hands or Jalen's hands for extended periods, but they still mm-hmm. want Amin to get those minutes. So, it's tough because, like, where do you get Cam his minutes without also lining him up with a man? Because then you're going to have two rookies oh, out there yeah. who are going to make rookie mistakes. And that's the hard part is you you want to get Cam those minutes. You want to get him in those minutes. But you know that they're going to have some rookie mistakes when they're out there. So how many lumps are you willing to take to let them get those reps, to let them learn? And I do think it's worthwhile. I just, and again, this is why Ime gets paid the big bucks. This is why I'm not the head coach of the Houston Rockets. This is why you're not the head coach of the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. Those are the tough decisions that have to be made. I don't mm-hmm. know how he could maybe alter the rotations a little bit to get Cam some minutes in there where maybe he's playing some some time a- away from a men. But mm-hmm. I, I think we know, like, if Cam gets put down to the G League and he's just going to go down there and dominate. Like, like mm-hmm. I think he is, he is far and above the competition at the G League level to where, yeah, it's nice for him to get the real game reps, but he needs NBA reps. And yeah. he's only going to get better once he actually starts getting those reps. And he does good things on the basketball mm-hmm. court. So I'm right there with you, man. Yeah, I think a, a, a good way to start is to try him out in first halves. You know, see how he's playing in the first halves. Yeah. And then in, in the second, if he plays well in the first half, so you reward him with minutes in the second half. And then it just, if there's some too many mistakes between the two, uh, we at least have enough time to make up for those mistakes, you know, over the course of the game when you play them in the first half. But yeah, I mean, we have, first of all, we have two injuries on the team right now. There are rotation spots yes. available. Yes. There are not, there are issues with some of the guys that's playing right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's some of the vets and their limitations. And so I think 
there's a there's also pros and cons when you look at it from that angle as well. And you got to also look at it as an investment. This is an investment in your in your young guy's future as well. You you're only paying them 15 to 20 minutes. You, the guys are going to have to overcome that, but now there is an opportunity there are actual minutes for him to play. I just like Emma Udoka to start preparing him and get him ready and get him out on the floor. And that kind of leads us into our next resolution here. We need EMA to clean up some of these lineups, man. These have been a little ridiculous. We're going to talk about that as well as some of the much-needed roster improvements. Uh, I guess a New Year's wish list, if you will. I know I know, Christmas is, what, 360 days away, but it's not too early to start making a wish list for what this Rockets team needs. We're going to get there in just one moment. First, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. PrizePix is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's that simple. Look, Prize picks is awesome. You can make your picks in less than 60 seconds and submit an entry. They've got quick withdrawals, easy game plan, and an enormous selection of different players and stat types, which is what makes Prize picks the number one DFS app on the market. And now that basketball season's here and in full swing, you can pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you could do LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey to 10.5 combo of three-pointers made plus reception. So if you've been thinking about getting into daily fantasy sports, you've got to try prize picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Now, I know when Madison and I were kind of going over our Rockets New Year's resolutions here, he made sure he was like, we got to talk about the email Doka lineups, mm-hmm. rotation decisions, because, yeah. you know, email look, Ime has been far and away a a drastic improvement over Mm -hmm. the coaching situation here in Houston Mm -hmm. the past couple years. But that's not to say he is without fault. That's not to say he can be, he is, he is immune to criticism or something. Yeah. (laughs) And, and let's be honest, like the rotations and some of the, the line, there, there's some games where you look at it and you're like, man, he may pressed all the right buttons. He did everything perfectly. Went with the hot hand. He benched, you know, Jalen cause he was struggling or he went with Jeff green over Jabari and like that work. Like there's moments where he like does the right thing and it works and you're like, Oh, cool. And then there's other moments where you're like, dear God, man, what are we doing here? And I, I get that the most recent conundrum, right, has been, okay, Dylan's hurt. Now Jabari's hurt. Mm-hmm. You know, Tari Eason's been arguably one of the best players on this team all season long. I get that Tari's kind of under this, like, pseudo-minutes restriction kind of deal, mm-hmm. which is why he's not getting the starting nod. But my mm-hmm. God, is it rough with a starting lineup of Jay Sean Tate and Jeff Green because it's like you're basically playing at times three on five offensively because the defense just mm-hmm. doesn't care if those guys shoot the basketball. And and, and the number of times, Madison, that Shingun would catch the ball on the roll in the Sixers game, and it's like he knew that the defenders were cheating in yeah. from the corners off of Jet. <laughs> like, it's like he would catch the ball, and he was already mid-roll or spin because he's, like, spinning away mm-hmm. from the defender that is just, like— you know, 10 feet away from Tate or Jeff Green in the corners yeah. because those guys aren't shooters, man. Yeah. They need shooters. And Tari's a shooter. Reggie Bullock is a shooter. Cam Whitmore is a shooter. Like, I I, I don't... It's a little perplexing at times, some of the decisions mm-hmm. Ime makes with this lineup or with the rotations. 
Yeah, I think the injuries are really starting to shine a light on these rotations and who M.A. trusts and the limitations of the guys that he trusts. Mm-hmm. And I just would like M.A. to have a more, a little bit more creativity to really start to reach down those lineups and try and uh, really mix up some some different type of lineups. Like, I think Jay Sean Tate should only be on the floor as a four right now. You know what I mean? He should, you know, uh, him having him – on the floor as a three, I think is is a, a real hindrance to the offense and it, it's uh, floor spacing. I mean, the one the one good thing is those guys do try and cut. I thought Jeff Green cut very well um, last last game, but yes, some of these lineups are. Um, let's say I think it's not just the lineups. Also, it's like the decision making to uh, guard Tyrese Maxey with big wings, where his slash his slashing ability is. Yes, it's more on the wings. They have to be able to be like. You know, those are poor matchups for them. I would like to see uh, Fred Van Vliet um, on him with uh, with more helping concepts uh, at the rim when he when he did drive or even Jalen Green with with more better foot speed to keep up with uh, and stay in front of Tyrese Maxey. But, hey, that's a superstar right now. So, you know, those types of decisions we think I just think it may I think he may will figure it out, but it, it may need some tweaking. And also Jock Landell on the floor at the end of that game. I think I'm not exaggerating when I say Jacques Landell has been the most disappointing player this season for the Houston Rockets and arguably, um, you know, not the best. I'm trying to be nice here, but not a very good player this season. Right. And to put him on the floor in such a high pressure situation just because of his screening ability. um, I think that warrants some criticism because there Jack Liddell is a good screener. He's not a great screener. You know, he did get the chip, but we could have, you could have screened with Jay Shante. Jay Shante is an equally good screener as Jack Liddell. But I think when these situations, when they decided to trap hard on Jalen, his only outlet was Jack Liddell in that, those passing windows. And I think we all kind of understand that, yeah, he had some easy reads to make, but when you give a player the ball when they're not playing well in such a high pressure situation, I don't expect him to make the play the, the correct play in that moment. And it's just those type of foreshadowing your coach should understand. You know what I mean? Is that hey, yeah, we do want to get him in for screening, but maybe we should look down the lineup and see somebody else who's been playing well throughout the course of the game or even the year that you can trust out there to make a good play. Um, and even even the idea of him popping for the three, you know, that is, I wouldn't have felt good about Jacques Lindell taking a, a, a open pop three to tie the game at the end of regulation. You know what I mean? It's just, it's to me, it may has to improve some of that. He has to clean some of that. I think he needs to go small more often and lean into his shooters. Let's, let's see if Reggie Bullock can knock down some threes. And I think that also goes into, you know, the roster, <laughs> right? W- what this team needs. They need shooting and they need a backup big. Oh, 100%. Look, mm-hmm. and, and and I will say on your point about, you know, you could have used Jay Shantae as a screener there. I think the argument, it, it even adds more fuel to it because Jay Shantae, one of his strengths, right, when, when he's not – 
tunnel visioning that lefty spin layup move is his passing ability right and and he's actually pretty decent in the short roll right you get him the ball mm-hmm. on the short hop and then he'll make a quick read and he could have kicked mm-hmm. it out to a shooter so exactly. i do think there was there was some some flexibility there could have been some more creativity with that lineup i think maybe you have another shooter in there you throw reggie bullock in or or whatever to have another shooter on the floor for that final possession um but yeah we, we've beaten that horse to death at this point um in a couple different <laughs> yeah. podcasts i, I to your point about the roster improvement, though, because, yeah, it, it's there's there's limitations with this roster. I think that the limitations are starting. Mm-hmm. You're, you're like you said, you're starting to see more of the limitations now that key guys are out. Dylan's out. Jabari's out. This is not a team that's built to sustain injuries. They're just not right. Like their starting lineup plays really good together, even though we've had kind of a subpar season from Jalen Green so far. The starting five is really good together. They were missing Tari for the start of the season, but he came on strong once he's back in the rotation. Um, they just don't have a ton of depth to where you're like, oh, yeah, they can sustain a major injury to a key contributor or a starter for 15 plus games. Right. Um, and I will say you're right. I think the biggest need for this team is the need for a a backup big because, mm-hmm. you know, we thought I thought coming into the season, Jeff Green was going to be getting like spot minutes here and there. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, OK, he'll you know, he'll play in certain matchups like if they mm-hmm. want five. I thought Jock Landale was going to be the backup big. 10, 15 minutes a night, kind of be that bruiser off the bench, deal with some of the supersized matchups that maybe we're going to give Shingun some trouble, whatever. He hasn't been that guy. And Ime's had to use him situationally, like in this Mm -hmm. game. Uh, But it's just, it's not, it's not really productive. Jock's really struggled this season. I think you're right to say he's been the most disappointing element of this Rocket season so far, especially based on how well he played when Mm -hmm. he was with the Suns last year. So... I brought up this idea, and I'm curious your thoughts, Madison. I brought up the idea of maybe the Rockets looking into reacquiring uh, Rockets legend Kelly Olynyk, because oh, yeah. I, I, for me, and here, here's here's the here's the discussion, right? Is you could go one of two ways with the backup big situation. You can go with you know a guy like Kelly Olynyk, who I think is is almost plug and play, and can do actually a lot of the same things Alper and Shingun can do offensively, where he's a good passer, good screen setter. Um, you can have him play in a variety of ways, right? He can roll and, mm-hmm. and attack that way. He can actually he's a better pick and pop threat and a better and a significantly better shooter than Shingun. So he would give you that five out spacing that you really want with the second mm-hmm. unit for guys like Jalen, for guys like Amin to really open up the floor. Um, with not, again, I don't think there's much of a drop off, if at all, anything defensively there. But the other argument is you go with a backup big who gives you a stylistic change, right? So maybe a more, a more defensive minded guy, somebody who gives you maybe that, mm-hmm. that vertical spacing option at the rim, a lob threat, if you will. Lob threat. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, and I'm kind of torn between the two cause I see, I see the argument on both sides. I just think a guy like Kelly Olenek would really help elevate the team, especially when, we know this team can be good defensively without a a defensive, you know, big man. Um, and I think where they're really struggling is they need shooting and they need more potent offensive weapons mm-hmm. to go to. And I think Kelly Olenek would kind of answer some of those questions more so than bringing in a defensive big. Like, I, I know uh, Clint Capella has been lofted a bunch of different times because the Hawks yeah, probably yeah. don't want to pay him. Um, that's a starting caliber big that you could maybe yeah. bring off the bench as a backup. And that would be great. I'd love a, a, a reunion with, with Clint Capella, but I don't think he answers some of the biggest questions for this team, which is lack of shooting and lack of offense. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's the issue with the defensive-minded big. I just don't know a really good backup option. I, they have like Daniel Gafford and Click Capella, but those are starting-level bigs. And do you want to give up assets? 
for a guy who's probably going to walk in the in the summer for a starting position. Yeah. You know what I mean? And more money. It's just it's a crux of it. I mean, you know, you you have those guys. Is that temporary fix really that good? We're not competing for a championship this year. You know what I mean? So is that type of rental really in the best interest of the team? I'm not sure. I think Olenek might be the best option. I would prefer a defensive uh, rim protecting option, though. Um, even more than the Olenek option, even though I think the Olenek option is an excellent option because it had he has offensive versatility um, and he is a good screen setter. But I think at the bare minimum, the Rockets need to get a presence um, on the defensive end, rim protecting uh, at the rim, as well as a good screen setter. Uh, to me, I feel like the only good screen setter on the team, great great screen setter team, is Alperen Shingo. Point blank. We have a couple other guys who are just okay, but like that's not the skill set of Jeff Green and Jabari Smith right now. You know what I mean? Um, Jock Lindell is the next best screen setter, and that's not saying a whole lot. You know what I mean? So I'd really like to get somebody in there who could who can put a hard screen on someone so Jalen Green can get to the basket or, you know, we can make plays out of that. We already know how much screen setting means to both Jalen and um uh, Fred. Fred Van Vliet. Yes. Yeah. No, right. that, that's- so I just yeah, so that's if we can get a good screen setter and defensive, that's a, a defensive minded guy with some toughness. I would be okay with that. Um, yeah, it, but I I just don't have any names for us right now. <laughs> any suggestions? Yeah, no. Who I and and I'm I'm curious for if you're watching this, if you're listening, you know, drop some drop some suggestions in mm-hmm. the YouTube comments of of guys who kind of fit that mold that you think would be a good fit on this team. The good news is for this Rockets team as they're trying to uh, round out this final potential New Year's resolution, right, and improving the roster, uh, they've got a lot of trade chips to be able to make you know, improvements, mm-hmm. right? They First off, they've got the Jock Landale contract, which is effectively an expiring deal. They've got the Victor Oladipo contract, which is an eff- effectively another expiring deal. So they've got about like anywhere from like, what is it, like 16, 17-ish million dollars of salary that they can send as like outgoing salary, either, you know, package them together or do them in separate deals, whatever, um, to make something happen. So the Rockets have some flexibility here to be able to bring in a an impact contributor to this team to be able to, you know, fill out one of these, one of these roster holes. Um, the other option here is, is they don't necessarily have like another because a men is still kind of learning is they don't have like really a true blue backup point guard. Cause Aaron holiday is not a point guard. He's, he's essentially a three and D wing, but he's, you know, six feet tall. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, a is learning Jalen's learning. They're still the primary ball handlers, but a backup point guard option wouldn't necessarily hurt. And I know that Tyus Jones is on the market, so he could be another name to maybe monitor, be, you know, pay attention to because he would be a huge get for this Rockets team. Now it'd be unfortunate because then you, you pick up Tyus Jones, like what happens with the Aaron holiday minutes? Like yeah. how do you factor in, you know, then, then what do you do with like, where, where's a men Thompson going to get his reps? That's one of the issues. And that's why I said, I do not envy Ime Odoka right now, right? He's between a rock and a hard place between trying to win games and also trying to get those developmental reps for guys like a men like cam uh, and it's really difficult to balance that when you know that you could maybe make a trade and bring in a contributor like a tyus jones to be a better backup point guard so you don't have that that massive drop off from Fred Van Vliet to get, I mean, he may said it himself. He's like, our offense drops off a cliff when Fred's not on the floor, which is mm-hmm. why Fred is playing the most minutes per game in the NBA right now. But that's also not sustainable. So the Rockets have to either uh, internally, a man and Jalen have to get better at being the primary ball handlers and running the offense when Fred is off the floor, or they need to make a trade and assess the fact that they do not have a viable second option past Fred to really, you know, quote unquote, run 
the Rockets offense. So those are kind of the two areas that we need to see this roster make some improvements on as well as just the internal developments, the stuff that we kind of hashed out earlier in this episode. But hopefully Jalen Green is taking some steps in the right direction after this most recent game. We need Jalen Green to get back to himself Drop your New Year's resolution, your Rockets resolutions in the YouTube comments. Madison, you know the drill. Let everybody know where to track you down at. Yeah, man. Track me down on Twitter at, at MadmanLeaks. I love to talk ball. That's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. And while you're there, drop your Houston Rockets New Year's resolutions in the YouTube comments. I'm so curious to see what you guys have to say. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.